0: Okay, just let's leave. It. Okay. What chapter are we on? Fifteen. 15. So we started talking about the bainini in which chapter? Thirteen? Twelve? Twelve. Okay. And then we continued, thirteen and fourteen. And now here chapter fifteen, we're gonna continue to talk about the bainini. What's a bainini? He's not a Tzaddik, he's not a Rasha, that's correct. Tell me more. What? He controls his his actions. Um, When you say the mind is still going places, thoughts, like full-fledged thoughts, because I thought thoughts are one of the three behavioral garments over which we do have free choice and we are obligated to control. Initial thought, maybe the impulse, right? So not actual full-fledged thoughts that, he, like, fantasizing about sins because he's in control. He won't go that far. But the impulse, yeah, That's he has. Why the not That's why he's not a tzedek. Because he has the impulse, but he doesn't indulge it even on a thought level. So he's a he's a he's not a Russia, He's a beni. Okay. Do you remember way back before we started talking about the the in chapter 10, when we learned about the Tzaddik, and chapter 11, we learned about the Russia. Do you remember that there were like different levels of Tzaddik in Russia? Tzaddik of roads, Yeah, you remember that? Yeah. 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 So there are like two levels of each? Yes. Okay. You wanted to hear something cool? There's no level of Beninim.
1: There is. There's there two is? levels of Beninim. What? There is? Yes. I never
0: heard of it. Right here is where we're going to find out. Okay, Perek Tezvav, chapter 15. <laughs> 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 <It's a controversial. laughs> now, according to what we've been learning about the Benetli, that he's somebody who has the impulses of a Rasha, but the behavioral control that re, that, that produces actions of a Tzaddik. now we can understand that which it says I saw the difference between a Tzadik and a Rasha and the difference between one who serves Hashem and one who has not served Hashem. What are those categories? What are those distinctions? What's the difference between the Oivet hakim and the Tzaddik? Because he says, a Tzaddik in a Russia, an and a Rasha, an Oivet hakim and Asher le'yavadeh. Sounds like four different categories there. Right? Yeah? yeah? Not that many numbers. Tzaddik, Rasha, Oivet hakim Asher Right? Not confusing yet. What's the difference between the ayved elakim and the tzaddik? Why are they not synonymous? Tzaddik is an ayved elakim, right? I thought he was. What? The, the 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 choice. Okay, let's find out what that is. The difference between the ayved elakim and the tzaddik. Who shall The word ayved is a present tense verb. We use it also in Lashen Kodesh as a noun. You refer to the person as an oiveid. But really, it's a, na- it's a verb. Like kohein, by the way. <laughs> a kohein is a title of a priest, but really koihain is an action. It's a, it's a verb. To serve. He's a server. Yeah. So oiveid is a verb. It's a present tense verb. He's holding in the middle of the Aveda. He didn't finish yet. He's working on it. It's like, are you a practicing Jew? Why are you still practicing? You didn't get it right? No, I'm still practicing. (laughs) Still practicing. How do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, practice, practice. That's right. Okay. So an Avid alakim means I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Literally, by the way, it means I'm working on it. Aivid means working. I'm working on it. Shehiy Amilchama ima Yetzahara. What's he working on? The war with the Yetzahara to predominate over the Yetzirah and to throw it out of the little city. Remember the little city from chapter... Come on. A little nachas I deserve, please. I don't remember the denizens. Then look, then cheat and look on the map. The denizens? The denizens, yes. Good. Okay, that's good. Which chapter was the denizens? I'm glad you we'll used up. that word. What? You have to get up. I can't read the small... You have to get up. Oh. <laughs> you have the map there. The small city, nine... Nine. Very good. Chapter nine, The Small City. So, this guy who's called Oyvet Elohim, who's still working on it, he's still working on what? He's still working on evicting the Yetzihara from the Irkatani. Did he get him out yet? What? Well, you're asking, is this a bainini? I'll ask you in a moment if it's a bainini. It's a good question. So he's still working on getting rid of the Yitzhak HaDe. Did he get rid of him yet? No. No. Hence he's called Oivate. He's working on it. Oh, okay. I'm working on it. Are you ready yet? No. I'm getting ready. I'm working okay. on it. So is a work in progress? Yes, work in progress. Well, that's a very interesting suggestion. Once you're no longer working on it, you're a tzaddik. Or Russia, that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah Russia is all. I'm retired. I'm not. No more Milhama Yetze for me. I'm finished. Oh, you, you, you completed it? No, I didn't say I completed it. I just. I'm done. Okay, so yeah, the, God forbid. That's. Okay, that's one way to be finished with the war is just to give up. Um, no, okay. But it's interesting. You're asking if he would have finished the job, that would be a tzaddik? Okay, let's come back to that. You're saying Oyvod El is maybe a Benini? You're saying that whatever there is who, if you finish being an avid in a good way, and you complete it, and you graduate from it, you're saying that might be a tzaddik. I'm not going to answer any of that. I, let's leave, let it float, let it float. Okay, let's keep going. So he's fighting still. He's still working on it. On what, That the Hara won't won't get to express itself in his limbs of his body, meaning behaviorally. He says it's really, it truly is a really tough war to constantly wage. Vahainu, and in other words, who are we describing? This Ovid el who's continuing to fight. He hasn't finished the fight, but he's keeping up a good fight. Vahainu, this is... What's the next word? Ha... Habenini. So you were right. Wow. Habenini. So the guy who is an oivadelikim who's still working on it, he's called Habenini. Very good. Corresponding to the level that we've been studying, called Habenini. Very good. Okay. Avala but in contrast, a tzaddik Nikra is called aved hashem b'shem Atoyer. He's not an Oived Hashem, still working on it presently. He's an Eved Hashem. Eved is a pure noun. It's not a verb at all. Eved is a title. That's what he is. He's a servant. In other words, he already got his degree. He graduated, he has a plaque, and it says Eved Hashem. Oived Hashem, he's working on it. He didn't get his degree yet. Eved Hashem, he got his degree. He completed it, and that is called a tzaddik. So were you right? You were right, okay. Kamei shame chochem o'y melech. A little dikduk, a little grammar here. Like the word chochem, or the word melech. A chochem doesn't mean someone who's being wise. A chochem means a wise guy. A melech doesn't mean someone who's currently ruling. Like, ha moylech kush he was ruling. No, a melech, that's what he is. He is a melech, he is a king. So there's a difference between the present tense verb, which is a description of an activity, and the noun that describes someone as already completing that and arriving at that level. Yeah? So is there no growth for the tzaddik? Is there, not- is there no growth for the tzaddik? The answer to your question is, I don't know anything about tzaddikim. This is Sefer Shobaninim. But what I can tell you is, I'm sure there's some type of growth for a tzaddik, but not growth as we know it. Not the same type of growth that we understand. Yeah? How does one matriculate from the Oved to, uh, to the event? I don't know, because to matriculate from Ovid to Evid means to go from Benin and to Tzaddik. And I think he already made it pretty clear to us that that's not a goal. I don't think you can. Yeah, maybe you can't. I don't know. I mean, it's not Sefer shal Tzaddikim, it's safer Shel Beninim. So I don't know. I, I, I was under the impression that our goal here was to be the best Beninim and not worry about the Tzaddik stuff. The Tzaddik information is just to sort of contextualize the Beninim discussion. So I don't know. I don't know how to go from Ovid to Evid. And why, are we interested in using new titles? why are we interested in using new titles, which are synonymous with titles that we already have? So obviously, it's going to bring out a new aspect that we didn't yet appreciate. So let's find out what it is. <laughs> so too. You know, we said the example of a Chacham or a Melech, someone who already has the title. He's not just currently doing wise things, he is wise. He's not just currently ruling, he is the ruler. So to hear, he already did the work and he already finished the work of fighting against the Yetzer. Ad Adki, we got a shay over Yaelakhlay until he got rid of it. Valibay and his heart is empty within him, like we said in the end of Perak Aleph, the Davanamalach said, Ki kirbi. I got rid of my Yetzahara. So that's an evid, a tzaddik. He got rid of it. He finished in a good way, he finished. Now. We learned about two levels of Tzaddik, and we learned about two levels of Russia. Now we're going to learn about two levels of. Bein-a-ninu. Bein-a-ninu. Wow. Two levels of Benin. What are they? Avid Elohim Vashelayavaday. Remember back at the beginning of the Parikh, you said there's a Tzaddik and a Russia and Avid and a. Asher le'yavade. So Tadik in Russia, we know. Tzadig in Russia, we learned about those. Oivad el and Asher vade are two levels of Beinani. One Beinani is called Avid el and one Beinani is called Asher Loyavode. Oivad el means the guy who's currently serving, he's currently working on the job. He has not finished, he'll probably never finish. And Asher Vade means he didn't work. Work. He didn't work. didn't work. And that's a level of bainani. Gotta figure out what that's talking about. Yeah, yeah we'll find out. We'll find out. Let's this. Yeah, let's unpack this. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. So he didn't he didn't serve Hashem. This Ashellaya loyavadi literally means he did not serve nevertheless ain't a Russia. He's not a Russia. I would have thought a guy who didn't serve he must be a Russia. No, he's not a Russia. How is he not a Russia? He says of Shuma Vedakala. He never did an Aveda, not even a little one. He never sinned. Never sinned. The second one. Yeah, the second one. avade. He never sinned. No. If he would have sinned, he would have been a Russia. He didn't sin. He's not a Russia the and also in case you're thinking well maybe he never sinned but he didn't exactly do all of the sins of kom, um, the, the, the the mitzvahs you know there's a sin of commission sins of omission maybe he, he omitted to do a positive precept no no he did all the positive precepts says right yeah the gam the gam mitzvah shef he also did all the mitzvahs that are possible to do with talmudic connect kulam and that includes learning Tata every possible moment and he's still called asher lo'yavodei. V'leypasak Puma Megirsa. He never stopped studying. Ala. But She'ein o'yseh shum melchama ima yaitzeh. He didn't fight a war with the yaitzeh. He's lucky. L'naz to overcome it. Al yidei hamayer hameir al nefesh o lakish hashalat al alev El. He never had to invoke... The brain ruling over the heart thing that we learned about in chapter twelve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he never had that He never had to invoke that because he never had the struggle. So he, he never. Ne- had never, never had he never had a conflict, right? How can have a conflict so, so how could it be? Okay, so hold on. Like never. Meaning never? never. So, ho- so you, you're saying how could it be? All right, so hold on. Let's keep reading. Right. Let's keep reading because the Yitzhahara never never bothered him the Eitzahara never tried to make him not learn Torah or serve Hashem ve'in and therefore he never had to fight it he never had that problem so you can't call him an oyved elakim one who's serving because he never had to serve He just rolled out of bed and boom, everything was smooth sailing. He never had to struggle. Kegayin, for instance. (laughs) He's a masmid bilimudei. He's constantly learning. He's a bookworm. In a Jewish way, he's constantly learning. You know why, though? Not because he says, this is the right thing to do, and I have to force myself to learn Torah. And even though I don't feel like it, and even though I'm getting bored, and even though I want to go and check my email, he says, no, I'm going to learn Torah. That's not what happened. He doesn't even have the tithe. He doesn't have the It's very easy for him. It says he has a predominance of black bile, meaning he's a depressive type. And so though it's it, it's it's easy for him to sit still and to just to be a like an introvert? Maybe a little bit of an introvert, yeah. But he he doesn't have a big temptation to do anything different. So when they tell him go learn, he goes and he learns. Wasn't a struggle for him. Like <laughs> he also doesn't have the distractions. People have he says he says uhTvus Nosham I mean uh, we talked about this in the end of Peric uh, you're and people get distracted by uh by these things, so he doesn't have that struggle it's not like he has to make any deliberate effort to de- to behave he just I don't know if he's a hermit, because a hermit would imply that he stays by himself and he's isolated. I don't know if he's isolated, he's just... Um, you know, there's a term, and I, I don't want to use this actual term, because it's a clinical term, so I don't really mean this. But there, there's a term, I forget if it's called... Co- I think it's called um, anhedonistic. Anhedonistic. Yeah, maybe someone could Google that for me. But anhedonistic, or maybe it's ahedonistic. A hedonist is a pleasure seeker. But there's a clinical term anhedonistic means somebody who does not have a natural drive for pleasure. That's what? That's the illness. That's the name of that's what an is illness. Anadona, oh, that's the name of an illness. Can you spell it? it? Okay, but I don't want to say that that's what he has. But I'm saying if that example helps you to wrap your mind around this Mm -hmm. picture, then... It doesn't matter. That's not not the point. The point is, he doesn't have the temptations. He doesn't get excited about the things that people normally struggle with. So it's fairly, not fairly easy. It's it's completely easy for him to just behave and to do the right thing. (laughs) 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 Yeah. <laughs> <doesn't sound> <laughs> <laughs> and all other physical pleasures, he doesn't have the capacity to enjoy them. So to tell him, go learn and you know don't get up and don't go do anything okay fine no problem because it's not like he's sitting there being like oh I really want to just go and get some ice cream it just it doesn't doesn't tempt him doesn't excite him so look you got to look at our definitions the guy never did in Nevada so he's clearly not a Russia He clear I mean he's a it. but on the other hand He's not a Beynini by any work or effort, which is sort of, to us, I mean, till now I understood that Bainini is a guy who's working very, very hard. This guy's not working hard. So it's not the typical Bainini that we've been learning about. He says, you're right, it's a different category of Beynini. Asher loyavodai. But maybe he's not really an Ebed, oh, if it's supposed to be... He's not Shem a... And he's just doing everything by rope, because yeah. he has no feelings good or bad. Right. He's not really doing it. The right way. Learning Torah just. That's what we're saying. He's called a shaloy of others. He's called one who did not serve Hashem. Wow. But no, it just comes mm-hmm. easy to him. Comes easy to him. No, but without feeling. Right no, but there's no feeling there. He doesn't do it because it's exciting to him, but he doesn't not do it because other things might be exciting to him. Nothing's exciting to him. He just does it. He's still um, it. He does it because it's the right thing to do. Um because it's the right thing to do, even that would be some level of motivation where he'd, he'd have to say, I'm not going to do the easy, pleasurable thing. I'm going to do the right thing. He just, for him, it's, it's, it's default. I mean, he's going to talk a little bit about how he got this way, but um, maybe let's continue, actually, a little bit more about this guy. But this is such like an exception to the rule, though. Oh, he's, this is not a common person. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This is a concept. Don't worry about if anyone is actually being described here. The point is, this concept is important for us for one reason. To understand that if you are struggling, if you are having a hard time serving Hashem, that's not a bug, that's a feature. It's not, a pro- it's not a problem that you're struggling. To the contrary, it's a problem if you well, don't have a struggle. So that's why we're learning about this work. guy. That's, that's why we're learning about him. Mm-hmm. Let's continue to learn about him. What? Well, yeah, yeah, the work, the struggle, that it's hard work. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. So he doesn't have these pleasures. So he doesn't have to meditate in order to create some feeling for Hashem in his his mind. He doesn't do that. He doesn't have to do that. normal person, to get some, you know, umph, to get some motivation, he's got to go meditate about God and start making himself care about God. This guy never had to do that. He doesn't need extra meditation to get him to not transgress on a prohibition. He doesn't have to meditate to create love of Hashem. The so previous was we talking about fear. He doesn't have to give himself a boost of, of fear of Hashem. To, to not transgress and he doesn't have to give himself a boost of love of Hashem, Ladovka baby a in order to get himself to do mitzvahs and to learn Allah, but rather he skates by just with the natural innate love which is the default factory settings of all Jewish souls. so he can get by with just that and without working on enhancing it by any type of deliberate work whatsoever. Therefore, he is not at all called an oived, one who is serving. Because this love that he's using, which is the latent love, he didn't create it, it was installed already in the Jewish soul, it's not the product of anything he did. It's an inheritance that every Jew was bequeathed by our Oves. A commission is common, like we're going to explain at length later. Chapter 18, 19. V'chein, we're going to still talk about him. V'chein af Now hold on a second. There's nature and there's nurture. What if this guy is not this way by nature? So far, the model of this asher lo is somebody who was born that way. You said that basically that's his personality. That's his, his temperament. Right? Metsunen b'tivei means he's naturally cold. So, okay, he was born that way. What about someone who wasn't born that way? What if it wasn't nature? It was nurture. Let's see here. So what if it wasn't nature? But rather, what happened? He habituated himself. He accustomed himself to study constantly. And that habituation became like a second nature. So it wasn't his inborn nature, but he did it so much that it became like a nature, meaning it no longer required any conscious effort. Now again, he's able to skate by and rely just on the Latent love that all Jewish souls possess. Unless it would so happen that he would decide to do even more than his habit. But as long as he's just doing his habit, he doesn't need to muster any extra motivation. He can just skate by with the momentum of habit. And that's called a even though seems from this description that he original he originally had to habituate himself it wasn't automatic first nature it was second nature but by this point where it becomes second nature he's no longer serving because he got himself to a point where he can just do this by rote and there's no struggle so now he's called he's he, he hasn't served Hashem yeah Why are we in the Bain on why are we not at the lower level? If the default setting, if, if what is the default setting? If this, what you're describing. This guy? This concept.
1: Yeah, what about is him? It's
0: our default setting in all human beings. It doesn't no. say it's everyone's default no, setting. No, just with this What you are hearing, is, I said, he's able to get by with just the default love that every Jew has. As opposed to uh, most other Jews, you cannot just get by with your Jewish heart. You understand, every Jew has a certain default baseline love of God. But that's not enough to keep you observant. To to be observant, you're going to have to enhance that, you're going to have to build on it, you're going to have to put in some work. There's a default built-in love that every Jewish soul has. Yes? No? Yes. I'm asking you a question. I'm telling you a statement. It mm-hmm. says in Tanya, every single Jew has built-in a certain love of God. You agree with that statement? Or at least you agree that it says that? Every single, every single Jew has a certain baseline love of God built-in. Built-in. They didn't have to acquire it. It's built-in. Okay. Is that alone enough to get a person to keep the mitzvahs? No. No. You have to enhance it by putting in some effort, whether by, he alluded to it, by meditating or other methods. So nobody can just get by on that. You can't just get by on that. This weirdo happens to not have any temptation so he gets by on that. But that's a fluke. That's a total fluke. He actually gets by on just the baseline love of God that every Jewish soul already has. But no one else can do that. It's not normal. Does he really exist? doesn't matter. It's a concept. I explained already. It doesn't matter if he exists. What matters is for you to understand that if you're not him, which you're probably not, that's not a problem. That's a good thing. Being like him is the problem. Being like you is not a problem. I think should have been Worth group. Why is he with the these? I agree. Why with is he with the, with the, the Because, okay, you're asking a valid question. Why is he a Bainini? Perfect because behavior. we said perfect behavior. That's it. Bainini is perfect behavior. Okay, that checks out. Perfect behavior. The problem is he's he's producing perfect behavior not through struggle. Oh, but you didn't tell me struggle was part of the definition of a Bainini. Okay, technically you're right. Struggle is not part of the definition of a benini. But you know something? A Bainini who's a Bainini without struggle? Is this? It's technically a Bainini, but you think that's the point of this book? You think that's who the Al Tereb is speaking to right now? No. Yeah? So the Asher, the Lohado, either he's like that yeah, either he's born that way, or, he's, he's or he got himself habituated to the point where it requires no present effort how do we make sure that our work does not become like that oh we should have such problems <laughs> how do we make sure not to become like that <laughs> oh we should have such pro mhm okay you're asking a wonderful question how do i know it's a wonderful question because it's the, the next thing that the Rebbe says is an answer to that question okay <laughs> How do we make sure not to fall into that trap where we were working and then we came to a certain level of achievement and now we don't have to work anymore. It's just, we're in orbit and the momentum is carrying us and we're resting on our laurels and we're still producing perfect behavior. So technically, technically everything's okay, but emotionally, inwardly, there's no struggle anymore So how do we not fall into that trap? Right? Okay. So he hinted to it already a little bit, but now he's going to expand on it. We said that after he gets himself habituated and he has a second nature, he can coast and learn and learn and learn without any extra effort. Unless, you remember the last words we read? Unless he learns more than his custom, more than he has been habituated to learn. Whatever that number is, one more, one more, watch what he explains here ay yeah yay where we get up to? Uv'zey muvan, ay-yay-yay, oh, okay. Yeah, uv'zey uvan, ma shakaza Now we can understand what it says in the gemara. Do'o'yved al-akim, Keem. is an o'yved al-akim? Ha'anumi Pirke ne'pirke me'apamim ve'echad. It's somebody who studies their lesson 101 times. Can you imagine that? If we said every Tanya class, we're going to teach it? A hundred and one times? Okay. You would know it really well. <laughs> you would know it. Hopefully <laughs> hmm. we would understand it too. Hundred and one times. Valayavadi <laughs> and one who did not serve Hashem. Hainumisha Shenapirke may a palm Levad. This bum only learns a hundred times. Imagine if we did every Tanya class a hundred times. Okay. So hold on a second. Hold on. The guy studied 100 times didn't serve a Shep. The guy studied 101 times, he did serve a Shep. It's a 1% difference. It's a 1% difference. You're telling me the difference between 100 and 101? Ugh! Oh, that's day and night. It is. It is. He's going to explain. He's going to explain. Because in their days, in the times of the Gemara, the custom was to study every lesson a hundred times. That was the norm. That was a normal thing. How many times, if you say, I studied something, that means you studied a hundred times. That's how it was done. That was the methodology. Like it says over there in the Gemara, Mushul, a an analogy or yeah, an allegory. I'm sorry, Mishuk Shall from the donkey driver trade. Think about today, the Uber drivers or the taxi drivers. la <laughs> You could hire them to take you ten. Parses for one zuz. let's just use it's not a real the correct conversion rate but let's just use uh, terms that we're more familiar with you could hire the driver a flat rate to take you 10 miles for a hundred dollars flat rate 10 miles $100 any trip doesn't matter up to 10 miles, it's $100. But if you go 11 miles, now you have to pay $200. That's how they did it. That's, how they, that's the way that the donkey drivers used to charge. The flat rate for the first 10 parses. if you go over even one parsa, now it's double. Now you're in a new scale. That's how they used to charge. So, you could pay double the amount just for the one extra parsa. Because that was more than their habit. Their habit was they would do 10 parsa trips all day. Therefore, this time when the person studies the 101st time. Minurov, which is one more time than the habituation that he was accustomed to from his youth. Shkulaet Kulon. That one extra time is as valuable as all the previous hundred times together. In fact, that one extra time is even greater than all the hundred times that came before it. It's greater. And that one extra time is what puts him in the category now of Oivet So to answer your question, what do you do when you habituate yourself To a point where it does not take extra effort to constantly do the right thing. And like I said, if only we should have such problems. But let's say we had such a problem. What do you do? You go one little extra drop more than your habit. And going past the habit, even if it's one drop. Already puts you out of your comfort zone. It doesn't matter how far out of your comfort zone Once you go over 10 miles the 11th mile is already a whole new category a whole new ballpark So if you're accustomed to study a hundred times How do you break out of your habit? Study 101 times just one extra one extra time one little thing and that already pushes you past your comfort zone. And now you're just like the other Eivde Hashem who are struggling. Okay, so the regular, typical Eivde Hashem, they were struggling during the first hundred times. This other guy, it doesn't start, the struggle doesn't start until the hundred first time. But the point is to get to that. Stage where it starts to be a struggle. Muhammad Ali said, "They asked me how many sit-ups do I do when I train." He said, "I do them." No, no. no. He said, "How many sit-ups do you do when you train?" I'm going to Google this and find the exact quote. Muhammad Ali said, "How many sit-ups do I do when I train?" He said, "Whatever the number is." You start counting when it starts to hurt. He didn't count the sit ups that it took to get his muscles to burn. That doesn't count. You start counting when it starts to hurt. So how many sit ups did you do? One sit up, because if you had to do a thousand sit ups until it hurts, those sit ups aren't the sit ups that count. That after it hurts and you do one more, ah, that's a sit up. You know, he was the greatest of all time. Mm -hmm. That's what he he, (laughs) said. A thousand times. times. He made sure we know it. it (laughs) Yes. What did he say? I don't count my sit ups. I only start counting when it starts hurting because they're the only ones that count. Wait, let's say that again Muhammad Ali said, "I I don't count my sit ups. I, I only start counting when it starts hurting because they're they're the only ones that count. And then he says that's what makes you a champion. Okay. So for us, we'd be counting at one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wherever you start counting. I don't understand. How yeah. come in Yiddishkai sometimes counting is so important like this? And other times people say, Oh, I don't even count my children or grandchildren. Oh, that's a different thing. They're that's they're a different, different That's because of Einhauta. Not, not counting children is a different thing because that's an Hoda. But counting how many times you study a lesson is not an Einhauta. It's for, for tracking your progress. It's very important. That would be like uh, not, if you ran a store and you didn't count inventory. No, You've got you to know what you're up to. You've got to be able to assess. So we should be counting. For sure. So that we know that we're We're struggling. All right, should we continue here? Can I ask a question? Yeah. The one who did not share a low of God, could he be an Odey El until he gets to 100, and then when he stops and he becomes complacent, then... So your question is, is it possible that somebody was an Odey El and then he became an Asher Loi Avadai, and then he kept pushing until he became an Odey El Akim again? Really? Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. Yes. Yes. It just depends where you stop. But if you didn't stop, you just didn't get there yet. Like- you didn't get there yet. So that's a very deep philosophical question, which is and I had I don't know the answer to this. It's a very deep question. What is the category of someone who's doing the first 100 sit-ups? and he hasn't yet gotten to 101 it doesn't yet hurt it's not inconvenient for him it's his habit and technically if he were to stop at that point he would remain a sharli yavade but if he keeps going one past his comfort zone now he's an oivad hakim the question is what you're asking it's a very deep question what's his status during those 100 Getting up to the point of, of difficulty. And I don't know. And it be, does it I don't know if it matters. But it's a cool question. And why do we even have the concept a I told you why we have the concept. the concept. And I told you why we have the concept. I actually said it twice today. And now I'm going to put you on the spot. Why is it important for us to so understand are we the concept? No, 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 no. More than that. You said, so we know our struggles are normal. It's more than that. Necessary and valuable, and if you didn't have it, it would be a problem. Yeah. So, isn't it important to serve Hashem with Hira and Ahaba? It seems to be that this person. Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting point you're making. Yeah, yeah. You're referring to chapter 38. And that's a very interesting, that's a high-level question. Um, okay, that's a, that's a very deep question. Okay, I, I have to think about that. No, that, that. no, that's really, that's obviously a question that, based on someone who's been through Tanya and understands, yeah, that's very good. I don't know. I, I, I never thought of that before. It's a very thought-provoking question. Okay. No, because I, 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 if I'll repeat the question, I won't be able to answer I, okay. I never heard this question before, but I'm hearing it, and I'm like, yeah, that's actually a good question. But to formulate an, an intelligent answer, I can't do it on the fly. Okay. Okay. So let, 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 let's continue. Maybe we can finish the chapter. We don't have that much time. Okay. So now he explains a little bit more the particular mechanics of what happens when he gets to 101, when he gets to the point of 101. And he goes into Oyvet Elohim mode. In order to get himself to do the one extra, to do the first hundred, he didn't have to do anything. He just does his habit. But to do the one extra, he's going to have to give himself a push somehow. And he says... Basically, what he's going to do, he's going to have to think about Hashem, and from thinking about Hashem, produce some emotion, some love of God, some awe of God, to push him to do that one extra. And in that moment where he's actually forcing himself to think about Hashem and generate some, some more feelings, more than just what was already installed in his neshama, so that's called the work of a benini. In other words, this guy was a Bainini by by default, not by work. But when he gets to lesson 100 and then he does one more, with that one more, now he suddenly has to do the work of a Bainini to be a Bainini. Until then, he could be a a Bainini without the work of a Bainini. But when he gets to lesson 101, now in order to be a Bainini, he has to do the work of a Bainini. Well, if there is such a guy and he's learning this chapter, then I think he would take this to heart and he would say, you know, I've been gifted, I've been blessed, I'm pretty lucky, I'm able to be a Bainini without really any effort, and now I understand what the Altedep is saying. He's saying that uh, I've got to do one more than my comfort zone, and in order to do that I'm going to have to do a little meditation to get myself pumped up. And, okay, so a regular Benini, a typical Benini, is going to have to pump himself up even to do Lesson 1 or Lesson 2. So this Benini won't have to pump himself up until he gets to Lesson 101. But the point is, at, at some level, he's going to have to think about Hashem and inspire himself. And that's called the work of a Benini. The work of a Benini is you think about Hashem and inspire yourself. Or, and by the way, right here in this, these few lines he's hinting to two methods in Tanya that we're going to be studying at length. So the first method, how to get yourself pumped up, is what? What did he say? Work. It's, well, what's the work? Meditate. Meditate. Meditate and produce some extra love and awe of Hashem. Okay, fine. Or, or, and he says this is like the second thing. It's like, not the highest, but it's also acceptable. Or, he could trigger the natural love. (laughs) To rule over the nature of the left ventricle. (laughs) Which is also called acceptable work. To fight against the proclivities of the Yetzer by arousing latent love in the heart. This is different. The first method is to meditate and create new feelings for Hashem. This is not as drastic. This is more to summon or evoke and to bring out emotions that were already there. Why were they already there? Because those are the latent emotions. We mentioned it earlier. So what's the difference now, <laughs> but, but what we're saying now than what we're saying before? Because there he wasn't even evoking it. He wasn't even arousing it. It's like, you know, do you love your mother? Yeah, of course. Well, did you think about it? Now, if you think about it, you're only arousing something that was already there. It's not a new emotion. You didn't have to meditate to create it. You're just arousing something that's already there. But that's different than not arousing it at all and just coasting by on the natural latent state where it's sort of just in the background. Does everyone following what we're saying? Hold on, I want to make sure everyone understands this. In order to do the work of a Benini, this Asher Leiavadeh has to come to muscle failure. He has to get to the sit ups that start hurting. 101 lessons. Why is that going to make him an Avid hakim Because at that point, he's going to have to do one of two things. Either method number one, he's going to have to do what? Meditate. Meditate. And meditation will evoke new feelings. It generates. He's us, Yes. He's going to create new love and awe. Or, at least, evoke natural feelings that are latent in the heart of every Jew. The natural love and awe of God that are just the baseline of of every Jew. Which is different than what we talked about before, where he didn't even arouse those feelings, he just sort of got by on their existing quietly in the background and that was enough. You understand? Okay, let's finish off the chapter. Just like one line. However, this is not so if the person has no war, if he just uses the love that was automatically there, he doesn't summon it, he doesn't do anything to think about it, he doesn't do anything active, that's not called aveda whatsoever. Okay, that's the end of chapter 15. So bottom line, one sentence summary. There are two levels of bainini distinguished by the degree of effort that they have to put forth to be a Bainini. And therefore, we can take comfort, maybe even take pride in the fact that we have struggles because this is what constitutes service of Hashem. That's the summary. Can you yeah? Peace that we could take pride in the fact that we have struggles? Oh, in, the, in, the kind of in the actual text? But if his love of Hashem is just the natural love that was already installed and he's not doing anything active to enhance it or, or, or bring it out, that's not called service. So there has to be some level of service, struggle, fight or it's not called service.